scripture reading today will come from Mark chapter 13, verses 32 through 37. Listen for the word of God. But of that day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but the Father alone. Take heed, keep on alert, for you do not know when the appointed time will come. It is like a man away on a journey, who upon leaving his house and putting his slaves in charge, assigning to each other one his task, also commanded the doorkeeper to stay on alert. Therefore, be on the alert, for you do not know when the master of the house is coming, whether in the evening, at midnight, or when the rooster crows, or in the morning. In case he should come suddenly and find you asleep, what I say to you, I say to all, be on the alert. I wanted to introduce you to Pastor Min really quick, if you wanted to come up. Um, as you know, today is a pastor swap. Um, we wanted to uh, be more unified as a church at KCPCH, and so today we're going to have the pleasure of listening to Pastor Victor Min. A lot of friends and people see him around. Um, he's so active in the elementary ministry, um, but he's also an associate pastor for the KM ministry. Um, I think, you know, it's a great time for him to preach to the older, I mean, we're still kids, even I'm still a kid, but to the older kids, and so I hope we can give him his, our full attention, and we welcome you to RK. Thank you. Okay, it's great to be here. I see some old faces. And you, so it's always great to preach in front of a massive crowd, okay? Just to introduce myself, uh, I live uh, one-third of my life in Korea, one-third of my life in Central America, and one-third of my life in Texas, and still counting. So, uh, many people ask, uh, what language are you most comfortable with? I can speak uh, Spanglish, I can also speak Koreanish, and I am also comfortable with Konglishi, right? <laughs> so, uh, that's me, and uh, let's get straight into the text, okay? So, Mark 13, uh, today's parable, it's titled, The Watch, uh, watch okay? We're going to see how we need to keep watch. In Mark 13, we see Jesus tell the disciples about the end times or the coming judgment. So he focuses the disciples' attention on trust and readiness to suffer. The parable is about a man going on a journey. The Bible says that there was an owner who had a house, and one day he decided to leave his house to his servants. Before he would go, each servant was left with an assigned task. Each person had a specialty, and it was up to him, up to them to keep up with their work. And amongst the group was also the doorkeeper. His job, obviously, was to protect any intruder from coming in and also to open the door from 
for the master's return. And then the parable zooms out. A general warning is given to all the servants who had their assigned tasks. Verse 35, it reads, Therefore, keep watch because you do not know when the owner of the house will come back, whether in the evening or at midnight or when the rooster crows or at dawn. So basically, the text is saying, keep watch 24-7. Why? Because you never know when the owner will come back. You never know when Christ is coming back. Amen? So it's like in the army and doing a night duty shift. Your job is to be alert and make sure that no funny things happen for the safety of others. The person who has night duty has to be awake all night long. When I was in the army, however, it was, it was funny how a lot of people, they would risk it. They would just risk going back to their barracks and they would just go back to sleep. Why? Because they thought that no one else would come back to check upon them. And this was the story of my friend. I had a friend, and one night he left the post thinking that no one would come back. And guess what happened? Someone came, okay? Someone came. Later that night, an officer came to his post, and no one was there, okay? The place was lit, but the doors were locked, and no one was there to answer. So basically, he had awol You guys know what AWOL means? Yeah? What's AWOL? AWOL means absent without official leave, okay? And when you AWOL, worst case scenario, you might be treated to execution, or you could, go, you, you could also go to prison for abandoning your post. Why? Because it endangers everyone. It endangers your post, your company, and all your companions. So it's a great crime, but lucky him, he later, uh, later told the officer that he had gone to the restroom, all right? So what did the officer say? He said he, he just gave him a warning, and then uh, what do you think the, my friend would have done after this? He never again left the post. Why? Because he couldn't risk it anymore. Now, the point of today's parable is keeping watch. Keeping watch until the sudden return of the master, which represents the sudden coming of King Jesus. Keeping watch towards the unknown day and hour, or the end days. Now, are we living in the end days? Yeah? Any answers? Are we living in the end days? Could you, tell, uh, could you turn your Bibles to 2 Timothy 3, verses 1 to 5? Let us see if we are living in the end days. Second Timothy, Second Timothy 3, 1 to 5. And let, let me read it to you. Verse 1, But realize this, that in the last days difficult times will come, for men will be lovers of selves, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irrecon uh, irreconcilable, malicious gossips, without self-control, brutal, haters of, haters of good, traitors, 
reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, holding to a form of godliness, although they have denied its power. Avoid such men as these. Okay? So, Paul, he is describing the last days. An extensive list. Does anyone qualify from this list? Yeah? Okay, don't raise your hands. Just nod slightly, okay? So we all qualify, right? We are living in the end days. And the Lord is coming soon. Then knowing this fact, let us look at two principles from today's parables. Principle number one is stop speculating the day and hour. Stop speculating the day and hour. The text tells us that not even Jesus knows the day or hour of God's coming. Now, how is this possible? Isn't Jesus God? Yeah? Jesus is God, right? Yes? Yes, Jesus is God. Then how is this possible? How does Jesus not know when God is coming? There are several explanations regarding this issue. Number one, Jesus was true God and true man at the same time. That is why Luke 2, 52 says, And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Jesus learned things as other human beings. Here, Luke is apparently speaking in terms of Jesus' human nature. So this is one possible explanation. One possible explanation. Sorry. One possible explanation. Explan. Can you help me? Explanation. I don't know what's what's going on. My sorry. Explanation. Ex. <laughs> Explanation. Explanation. Correct. Thank you. Okay, that was explanation. <laughs> Can you repeat that one more time? Explanation. All right. That was no explanation number one. Explanation number two. Okay. Another explanation number two comes from Dr. Light, Lightfoot. Okay. He's a theologian and he explains it like this. Christ, the Messiah, calls himself the Son, but the Messiah was also the Father's servant. Isaiah 42.1 reads, Here is my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one in whom I delight. I will put my spirit on him, and he will bring justice to the nations. And also John 5.19, Jesus gave them this answer. Very truly I tell you, the Son can do nothing by himself. He can do only what he sees his Father doing. Because whatever the Father does, the Son also does. So Jesus did nothing by himself. He had, he had to obey God's will. In like manner, he might be said to know nothing of himself unless God revealed it to him. So Revelations 1.1 reads, The revelation from Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants what must soon take place. So Jesus received a revelation from who? From God, okay? God gave Jesus a revelation, and that's how we get the book of Revelations. So if the Son does not know, then do you think humans will know? Yes? No? Half-half? No, right? Humans do not know because the Son does not know either. But there are so many people out there so-called prophets who prophesy. 
And there's also tons of people out there who call themselves uh, gods. You see, being Korean, there are a lot of things we are proud of, right? No, you're not proud of being Korean? Okay. There are a lot of things we are proud of being Koreans, but at the same time, we are also embarrassed at many things. Well, I was looking through this news and then came up, came, uh, and I was able to read this news saying, Korea, Korea is the leading country for having self-proclaimed gods and messiahs. A survey showed that there has been and still are 20 gods, 50 self-proclaimed Christ's and two Holy Spirits in Korea. Among them, one died apparently, and one is in a wheelchair. Crazy, isn't it? Messed up world. Anyways, the problem with this is, is that these group of people, they keep on speculating. And many Christians leave the church to join these sects. So stop speculating the day and hour. This is principle number one. And principle number two, keep watch. Okay, tell it to your neighbor. Keep watch. Okay, keep watch. God will come one day like the master who was gone on a trip and suddenly comes without any notice. This is also similar to a thief that comes in the night. Let us turn our Bibles to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 1 to 6. We're going to read it together. Okay, verse 1. Now, as to times and the epochs, brethren, you have no need of anything to be written to you. For you yourselves know full well that the day of the Lord will come just like a thief in the night. Okay, stop. Keep your places. No thief in this world makes an announcement before coming into your house, right? They all have their ways of being subtle and stealthy, or else they would be an amateur. Now, I read this article, and I thought it was hilarious, so let me share it with you. Uh, Sao Paulo, Brazil, Fierro, nicknamed El Pepita, parked in front of a pharmacy. Pepita, is it funny? Parked in front of a pharmacy and left the engine running so he could quickly flee after his robbery. But as he was collecting the cash, the surveillance footage shows another thief sprinting over to the vehicle and making off in it. Carrying a bag of money, Fierro exits from the shop only to find his escape car is no longer there. And while he is looking around, another man runs by and grabs his bag and makes off. <laughs> Angry that he had been robbed, he went to the police station to report the crime. But when he was there, he bumped into the pharmacy owner whom he had just robbed. Police arrested him on the spot and then allowed a local television news crew into the station for an interview. Speaking to reporters, he moaned about the insecurity of the city and that he had not been able to enjoy his car, which had cost him a lot of 
blood, sweat, and tears to attain. Tears to attain. But when asked if he had brought it, if he had bought it, he revealed he had in fact stolen it the day before. Now this, even thieves get robbed in the last days. Now what's the moral of the story? You need to be ready, okay? You need to keep watch. You always need to be prepared. But the world will tell you otherwise. So go back to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 3 to 6. While they are saying, peace and safety, then destruction will come upon them suddenly like labor pains upon a woman with child, and they will not escape. But you, brethren, are not in darkness, that the day would overtake you like a thief. For you are all sons of light and sons of day. We are not of night nor of darkness. So then let us not sleep as others do, but let us be alert and sober. Anyone sleeping here? I see some of you guys are sleeping. (laughs) Be alert. What does the Bible tell us? Keep watch. The problem today is that there are a lot of people who try to speculate the day. But another problem we see here is that the people have no knowledge of, of his coming. And all they say is, let their peace and safety, just like Noah's days. What happened in Noah's days? People were eating, they were drinking, and marrying, like there was no tomorrow. Okay? And what happened to them? The Bible tells us they knew nothing until the flood came and wiped them away. But Jesus says, do not let him find you sleeping. Second Peter 3 reads, they will say, where is this coming? He promised, ever since our ancestors died, everything goes on as it has since the beginning of creation. But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. So people are being ignorant, and we see how they mock God. Why? They believe that God will never come back. They believe that Jesus is not coming back. They believe that God does not exist. But the only reason God is still waiting is that the Father God still wants people to come to him. Second Peter 3.10 But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire. And the earth and everything done in it will be laid bare. So the Bible teaches us to keep watch. Now, uh, let me further elaborate on how we ought to keep watch. So what about keeping watch? How are we going to keep watch? There are two things that the Bible tells us to do when keeping watch. Number one, pray. Okay? Pray. Ephesians 6.18, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Just like in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16, 18, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. 
Now, keeping watch involves prayer. How is your prayer life, guys? Are you praying enough? Well, there is no such thing as enough prayer, right? Now, what does it mean to pray continually? Are we talking about 새벽 기도? Every day is 새벽 기도? And that's what it means to pray continually? No. If you go to 새벽 기도, that's great for you. But it could be as short as calling upon his name. Why? Because the Bible tells us your father knows what you need before you ask him. So prayer doesn't always need to be lavish. Prayer is communication between you and God. God is always there to listen to us. So pray when keeping watch. Now number two, resist evil and stand firm in faith. Repeat, guys. Resist evil and stand firm in the faith. As we live in the end times, this is a big thing for Christians. Resisting evil is a big, huge thing. The world is getting evil by the second. And 1 Peter 5, 8, Peter warns us, Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Peter writes to the persecuted church, and his message is mainly about hope. But as he ends his letter, Peter encourages the elders to be alert against Satan. And verse 9, resist them, standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. Likewise, Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 16, 13, be on your guard, stand firm in the faith. Be courageous and be strong. Be watchful against the powers of Satan. Resist evil and be faithful to God. Amen? Every day is a new day in which you must decide to obey God and resist evil. Now, don't we, know, uh, don't we need to show the world that we are different? Do you guys know Barnabas? Have you heard of him? Yeah? Barnabas. He 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 is one of the first Christians. Uh, he was a member of the Jerusalem church, and then later he moved to Antioch, where he planted a church. And Acts eleven twenty four it says Barnabas was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith, and a great many people were added to the Lord. What does this mean? Because Barnabas was a good man, because Barnabas was full of the Holy Spirit, many people were added to the Lord. You see, one person can make a difference. Do you guys believe? No? Bola? <laughs> one person can make a difference. And the world will know that we are different if we stand firm. Amen? Then how are we, st how are we to stand firm in the faith? Diligently, both spiritually and physically. Remember the background of the book of 1 Thessalonians? You guys know what is it about? First, the book of 1 Thessalonians. Paul writes about the day of the Lord, okay? And then he writes in verse 8, To be sober, putting our faith and love as a breastplate, and the hope of salvation as a helmet. So uh, Paul, he, is, he talks about the triad, Christian triad. What's a triad, guys? Three things. The most important thing, faith, love, and hope. But keep in mind that these things are things we must 
work on. These things don't come automatically. We must be awake and work on our spiritual maturity. This is what the Bible tells us. Spiritual maturity does not come naturally. It takes effort. It takes hard work. All right? We need to work on our faith. But notice, after 1 Thessalonians, in 2 Thessalonians, Paul warns the Thessalonian church. Why? Because after the Thessalonian church heard that Jesus was coming, what was their, uh, what was, what, what was their, okay. What was their attitude? Attitude. They wouldn't work, right? Why? Because all they were saying is, if Jesus is coming tomorrow, then why do I need to work? If Jesus is coming tomorrow, why do you need to go to school, right? Why do you need to study? Don't you, don't you wish that Jesus would come tomorrow? Yeah? No? Yes? Yes, right? So, the, the Thessalonian church, they stopped working. And this is what uh, Paul said to the Thessalonian church. He warned them by saying, For even when we were with you, we gave you this rule. The one who is unwilling to work shall not eat. The one who is unwilling to study shall not eat. Students, you must be diligent. Why? Because the Bible tells us we must be diligent. Paul warns the lazy. In other words, work hard until his coming. You see, Christians, more, Christians must work twice as hard compared to unbelievers. Why? Because coming to service is a commitment you must make. Becoming, becoming a Christian takes commitment and diligence. Serving at church, doing Bible study takes dedication and diligence. This is why we must be diligent. We can't be fooling around like the people outside the church. Why? Because they have all the time of the world. But we, we come to church at Sundays. We, we need to pray to God. We need to read the Bible. We need to come to Sebekido. All this good stuff. So what do we need to do? We must be diligent, the Bible tells us. So God commands us, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So let us show diligence both spiritually and physically. Amen? So in conclusion, believers should continue to expect and be ready for Christ's return. It is my hope today that we keep on praying, stand firm by resisting evil, and work diligently both physically and spiritually until his coming as faithful servants. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we uh, thank you for this message you have given us. Um, I just pray for our students here that uh, they will continue to uh, worship you and they will continue to follow you. But most of all, uh, I just pray that they will continue to stand firm by resisting evil and that they will be both diligent, uh, they will be diligent both physically and spiritually until you're coming. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.